Psalms 61, verses 1 through 4. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. Amen. Lead me to the rock. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your eternal word. Thank you for this great group of people that have gathered themselves in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. God, and we ask you, Lord, that we take courage and take strength and get direction from your word, God. It is everlasting, amen, and it is forever settled in heaven. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Let's give him one more hand praise today. You may be seated this morning. And this is a scripture I, I read yesterday in the, the role that I played in that funeral. And obviously yesterday there were some people that were overwhelmed. Uh, this sanctuary looks great this morning. There were more people here yesterday for this funeral than are here for church this morning. And so you can imagine it was, it was a great, great host of people. But uh, I, I just spoke a few minutes about the fact that uh, these incredible technologies that we have today, uh, you know, we can put Derek on Mount Rushmore, you know, and, and, and just amazing, amazing technologies, and, and uh, most especially the phones, you know. And, I mean, 20 years ago, we thought it was incredible you could access about anything on the computer. Well, you don't even need a computer anymore. I mean, you've got the whole world in the palm of your hand. You understand there's more technology uh, in your cell phone than it took to put a man on the moon. That's true. There's more technology right there in that cell phone than it took to put a man on the moon back in the 60s. And it's, it truly is incredible, but it's created a dilemma that our heads have outraced our hearts, and especially with, with our young people, that young people exposed to the whole world and anybody in the world, just right, right in the palm of their hand. And so it has created a, a, a complex situation that, that young people oftentimes on their phones and, and you know, communicating and doing things and just re- receiving a world of information and, and uh, accessing friends. And, and, man, I remember when, when I used to call my wife. I mean, she had to answer the phone, with, and her parents were right there in the house, you know, and they could hear everything she's saying. <laughs> so, you know, and the world has changed that much. And so many of us uh, are aware of this. And so and I'm not casting down on our young people, you know, but it's, it's a proven, this is, I mean, this is a medical fact that the human brain is not even fully developed till we're in our 20s. Amen. You know, the, I mean, the physical brain itself, not just all our mental processes, but it's not even fully developed till we're in our 20s. And so here we have young people children and kids oftentimes with the world of technology and in relationships that that they're not really mature enough and equipped to handle 
so often. And so it's a very sad uh, circumstance that unfolded here in, in the past week. I have great empathy uh, for both parents and educators in our world today. Now, those of you that have got a couple teenagers or a handful of kids at home, you got your hands full, don't you? I mean, just your own kids are a handful. And then tomorrow morning, 23,000 of them will walk into Pitt County Schools. And we got some teachers here. Some of our educators, raise your hands around here. Educators, look here. We got teachers right here. Folks, they have their hands full. They don't just got their own kid and a couple kids to deal with. They got a whole classroom of them. And oftentimes, educators are spending a lot of their time trying to parent these kids too and control these kids and, and try to keep them from spinning out of control and, and, and then at the same time, give them an education. And I made this point yesterday, and I know this has already been a great discussion in our county and on the news and, and in the classrooms already this week. And it needs to be a discussion, but, but let us not pick sides and fight. Let us join hands and work together. And, and somehow, uh, you know, I know it's, it's hard to tell young people this, but you have a life ahead of you, a whole life, and the world doesn't, you know, rise and fall in a day or a week or a month even, you know, that, that you know, you got to sort this out and keep on moving ahead with your life and be able to still live a, a fruitful life in the future. And so, uh, you know, again, but sometimes we're just overwhelmed. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm an old guy, and I just, I mean, I'm just, what do we do with all this technology, you know, and how do you handle it, and and and, and it is just changing our world. You do understand, folks, that there's never been a time frame in history like this. I mean, it used to take centuries to to develop from a horse to a horse cart. Honestly, you know, and then running water or electricity, you know, and this, this, it used to take society centuries to, to evolve into these things, which we would consider, you know, ancient technology, not even technology, just changes in their life. And now all of a sudden we're cast into this amazing time frame. I'm not preaching against technologies. I'm not, you know, talking against the, the, it's just shocking, it's amazing, the technologies that are being created and stuff. But, but sometimes our hearts and our minds and, and our spirits are not prepared to deal with the ramifications sometimes. Is, is anybody here with me? Are there times where you just feel overwhelmed? <laughs> just just overwhelmed, you know, what do we do next, you know, how do we handle this? So the book of Psalms is the Bible's own prayer and songbook. Many of these Psalms were actually songs, and many of these Psalms were actually prayers. 
And so uh, I think it's why we love the book of Psalms so much. It's, it's soulish. It speaks to the heart. It speaks to the soul because David was so honest and open about the things he was struggling with himself. And so, uh, you know, we, we uh, God attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth when I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Praise God is eternal, folks. God doesn't have to change. He's already perfected. And, and he is constant. And sometimes that's just what we got to do. Come back to the rock and just, okay, let me just stand here on solid ground for a minute. You know, when I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Man, he said, one thing I desire, I'm going to seek after it. You see, you have to seek God. We have this powerful, powerful spiritual force in our own lives. Every one of us have it. It's called a will. You can overrule God. Not in the world, not in his grand plan. Believe me, God will march on with us or without us. He's going to accomplish his purpose. But in your own personal life, you can overrule God. And so often the consequences of that are disastrous. But by the same token, we can seek God. And David said, one thing have I desired, and I'm going to seek after it. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The apostle Paul gave some rapid uh, fire instructions in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. These concise, simple statements. I mean, Paul gives us a lot of good instruction. Amen. But what I will simply say about this portion of Scripture is that he that will pray without ceasing will be able to continue to rejoice and give thanks. And if you approach life with an attitude of gratitude, that simple statement will change your life. You, you complain, you murmur, you fuss, you, 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 you know, you're, you're down on the mouth all the time, and, and that affects not only your spirit and attitude, it'll end up affecting your whole life. But when you learn to live a life of prayer and praise and worship and thanksgiving, it changes your whole perspective of life, and ultimately it changes your life. Man, but, but again, pray without ceasing. No matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what the consequences, no matter what trouble, no matter what problems, no matter what sicknesses we're battling, amen, that, that we pray without ceasing. And when my heart is overwhelmed, just lead me to the rock. 
Amen. Get me in the presence of God. Get me where I can talk to God. Get me where God can talk to me. Amen. Put me in that position. Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes people need help, folks. Sometimes their life is falling apart. Sometimes their emotions are falling apart. Amen. Sometimes their family is falling apart. Sometimes their health is falling apart. And, and they're in such a state that they can't think clearly or see clearly. And sometimes they just need somebody to come alongside of them, literally take them by the hand and lead them to the rock. Bring them into the presence of God. Amen. I, I hope you don't mind us too much around here. You, you're here this morning. You know we're Pentecostal. Uh, amen. I'm glad I'm Pentecostal. I like what's happening already here this morning. <laughs> I like the worship. I like the presence of God. And and if 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 somebody maybe gets a little too aggressive with you, don't be too much offended, because they they just want you to experience what we're experiencing here. And and they're just wanting God to touch your life like they know God has touched their life. And God do something good for you also. The Bible tells us the story in John 5 and uh, 5 uh, that there was a certain man at the pool of Bethesda. And it said he had an infirmity for 38 years. And Jesus visited this place and he saw him lie there and he knew he had been now a long time in that case, 38 years. And he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. The story is that at a certain season, the angel would just show up at times and stir up the water, and the first one in got healed. He said, But I have nobody to help me. And, and, And when I try to get there, somebody gets in before him. So, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and the same day was the Sabbath. Now, praise God. Christ directly, personally intervened in this man's life, and he went home that day. Amen, a whole man. Amen. I believe Jesus still does miracles today, don't you? Amen. He's still doing miracles today. But he spent 38 years. What if somebody had been there to help him and he could have got into the water with a little bit of help 30 years earlier, 25 years earlier, whenever, if somebody had been there to assist him, he would not have spent 38 years of his life laying beside that pool waiting for his miracle. Sometimes people just need some help. Lead me. Lead me to the rock. Help me here. Assist me. In Mark, the second chapter, a similar story. It said, there come unto him, uh, there came four men come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. This guy had four friends, four good friends. Because it says, when they could not come nigh for the press, Jesus was in the house and a crowd had assembled and they couldn't even get close to the house. They had 
carried their friend there, and yet they could not get to Jesus. So they climbed up on the roof and tore the roof off. Amen. Another, another roofing job for Marshall. Amen. So, <laughs> they, they tore the roof off. And they took ropes and they let this man down. That's, those are real friends, are they not? Amen. We have carried our friend here. We're going to do whatever we can do. We're going to get him in the presence of Jesus Christ so that he can be made whole. Sometimes people need our help. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know what's next. And they just need some folks to come alongside of them and assist them and get them into the presence of God. Amen. David said in Psalm 61, 3 and 4, he said, Thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Amen. Prayer, the presence of God is a shelter from the storms of life. It is a refuge. It is a place of safety. Solomon said it in Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and is safe. Amen. Fleeing to the presence of God is not cowardly. Amen. Running into the presence. We're not running away. We're running into. We're running to him. Amen. And it is the thing, absolutely, that we need to do at times. Proverbs, excuse me, Hebrews 6 and 18, there are two immutable things. Number one, it is impossible for God to lie. And we might have a strong refuge, a strong consolation, and we have fled for a refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. Friend, there's times when we just run to God. We flee for a refuge into his presence. And David said, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. And David said also in Psalms 84 and 4, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee, Selah. Come on, folks. We, we need to keep ourselves in the house of God. Amen. Brother Jacobs, what, this October, November will be 37 years you've been in the church, I think. You know, and, and you guys see Brother Jacobs up here worshiping and doing crazy stuff. Well, he, he's, he's lost a step or two, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he, used to, he used to do forward flips in front of the church that you know what? There he sits. He's still praising God. He's still worshiping God. Amen. He's still doing it. Hallelujah. Come on. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee. Amen. You know, we, we need to come to the house of God, especially in the day and age that we live in. Amen. We trust under the covert of his wings. Amen. This is a reference to uh, the angelic wings that covered the Ark of the Covenant. Last night we uh, had a special prayer meeting and, and used the prayer talits, the prayer shawls, and we anointed one of these for Sister Crystal. If you don't know, Sister Crystal's headed for the hospital. They called you yet? 
Okay, today, tomorrow, the next couple days to UNC Chapel Hill is going to be there for at least 30 days. And so we took one of these uh, talits and we, we, we prayed over it. me with your wings. Boy, I wish we could get our head on straight. If, if people worked as hard keeping God's word as they do trying to get around it, you look at this guy, friend. I want to do everything in the book. I'm not looking for one excuse. I'm looking for what else can I find? Because uh, I know I can't do this thing myself. Hallelujah. I want to be under his wings. And I want to be right in the middle of God's covenant, his perfect will, his perfect purpose, keeping God's word in my life. Because this world is going to overwhelm you at some point. Life is going to overwhelm you at some point. Friend, and then, then I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I'm overwhelmed, amen, just lead me to the rock. God's got it. God's got me covered. He's got me covered. Hallelujah. Amen. People who, who backslide are people who quit praying, who quit worshiping, who quit coming to the house of God. You know, come on, folks, people that are praying daily, talking to God, walking with God, worshiping God, amen, staying close to God, they're not backsliding. It's the folks that are out here drifting away from God thinking they can do it themselves. They're the ones that lose out with God. Hallelujah. Psalm 61, uh, verses 5 through 8, Thou, God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me a heritage of those that fear your name. 
You will prolong the king's life and his years to many generations. He shall abide before God forever. See, David can say this. God's going to take care of me. I'm looking to future generations. Amen. Things are still going to happen in the future. Why? Because I'm going to abide in the presence of God forever. Amen. I'm not talking about what I can do. I know God is going to lead us. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which will preserve him. So will I sing praise to thy name forever, that I may perform my vows. Hallelujah, I'm going to do my part. I know God's going to do his part. Folks, there, there comes a point in life where you've got to believe this stuff. This is more a little Sunday uh, go meeting service here. This is more than just doing a little religious ritual. And, and I didn't talk quite this blunt yesterday because the nerves were still raw. I'm going to tell you, friend, the devil ain't playing. You play all you want to, the devil ain't playing. And the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's a mad, ravening devil loose in our world today, folks. And you better get yourself covered. You better get yourself in the presence of God. You better find yourself in the perfect will of God. Because you can't deal yourself with what's going to happen in our world. I mean, I'm in this for the long haul. You know? I just signed up 40 years ago, and I'm, you know, I'm still in it. I'm in this for the long haul. I mean, I believe God is the Alpha and the Omega. I believe he's the author and the finisher of my faith. God got me in this thing, hallelujah, and I believe he's going to see me through to the end. And praise God for our Sunday school department. Amen. Uh, uh, Cambridge is just such a unique child. And I got four grandkids and love them all dearly. But, but Cambridge, he's just, he's got a lot going on. He really does. He's smart, smart, smart. And, and he listens. And, and, they, and so he's in Sunday school last week, and they were talking about Enoch. So Beth had picked the boys up at our house, and she's driving home. And, and, and Cameron said, I'm going to be like Enoch. I'm going to walk with God all my life. And, folks, that's. That's what I'm in it for. Amen. Genesis 5 and 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Friend, I'm just going to keep walking with God and walking with God and walking with God till I am not. Amen. Till it's all over. Whatever happens, and Lord only knows what's going to happen. Amen. But I'm going to walk with God till I am not. Paul said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke one another to the love and good works. Not, everybody say not. Not, not. everybody say not. not. Say it with an attitude. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsake. Come on, folks. Most churches are down to one service a week now, and, and, and half of them are staying home and watching it on, on, online or on TV. Then the only time you should do that is if you are unable to get to the house of God. It is not a substitute. Now, I praise God. We got folks that, that watch us, and I'm glad they can do it. But, friend, if, if I can be there, I'm going to be there. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. And so much the more. We need to find ourselves in the house of God because there's people here that can help you. There's people here that when you're overwhelmed, they can pray with you. They can take you by the hand. Amen. Bring you to the altar. Amen. Help you to pray through. Help you to talk to God. Amen. There's people here. Amen. That, that pray and fast for every service that, that we have. There's people here. Amen. That worship God in spirit and in truth. This is not a show, folks. This is not just some slick presentation. Hallelujah. This is, this is about the power and the presence of God and, and touching human hearts and lives with God's presence. Now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of them that draw back to perdition, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I'm just going to keep going and going and going until I'm safe in the very presence of God. And David, again, we love Psalms because David was just so honest about what was happening in his heart and in his life. And he tells us in Psalm 73, As for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. David got to looking around. And he said, you know, it looks like these folks are doing better than I am. And here I am trying to live for God and serve God. And the, the wicked are just having a party, man. He talks a little more about it. The, the 12th verse, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. He said, verily, I've cleansed my heart in vain. I wash my hands in innocency. All the day long, I've been plagued and chastened every morning. Here I am trying to live for God. And, they're, man, they're, they're doing better than I am. He said, I almost slipped. I almost made a big mistake. Don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. You're just seeing them. You don't know what's going on in their heart and in their mind. You don't know what's going on in their life. Come on, how many of you are with me? I got miserable. I was miserable. One of the reasons I came to God, because I was so miserable. But you could have looked at me, and I was putting on a good facade. You know, all these rich and famous people. Oh, man, man, all you're doing is watching a show. 
Why do you think they've been divorced three, four, five, six times? They ain't happy. They're just acting. We need to go back. Some things in ancient times were better. You ever seen the, the face that people put on? You know, you take a little stick and put a face on it, you put it in front of your face. That literally is the meaning of hypocrite. Hypocrite means two-faced. And what, what happened was that acting in ancient times was considered something of low esteem. A lot of people that couldn't do anything else, then they, they'd hire them to be actors. And they couldn't even get enough people to fulfill all the roles. So they'd create these masks and they'd create these faces. And sometimes actors would play two or three roles. They would put on a face and play another role. Today we pay these people millions and millions and millions of dollars. Oh, forgive me, Lord, for a low-class occupation. We ought to be paying our teachers more. That's who we ought to be paying more. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> They're the ones doing the hard work. They're the ones doing real work, you know. And and we pay all these entertainers to do what? Teach us how to sin. You know, I watched enough of the Super Bowl to see enough of the halftime show to say, my God, what have we come to? J-Lo's old enough she ought to know better by now. She's almost 50 years old, folks. And up there just put putting on a show, and that's all it is is a show, folks, and an ungodly, illicit show while they're doing it. When are we going to wake up, folks? How bad does the world have to get before we quit envying them? How sinful does our world have to get before we wake up and say, you know what, that's not what I want for my life. That is not what I want for my family. That is not what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. We got to keep ourselves in the presence of God. And David, David, he was honest. He said, I almost slipped. I, I almost lost it. I got to looking at the wicked, and it looked like they were having a big party and doing better than I was. The 73rd chapter, 16th verse, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. And then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their end. When I got in the presence of God, all of a sudden, I got my perspective back. I got my head back on straight. Amen. Let's stand around this place today, Psalm 73 and 25. So many of these chapters, he did it in Psalms 62 where we started today. He did it in Psalms 43. He did it in Psalm 73. He would start off and he would, he would be honest about his feelings. And, and I was downcast. I was overwhelmed. I was, my foot almost slipped.
And all three of these chapters does the same thing. But then I then I turned toward God. When I went into the sanctuary, I understood their end. And he ends this chapter by saying, Who have I in heaven but thee? And there's none on earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. I'm telling you, folk, you listen to this preacher. You can't fight this battle in your flesh. You are no match for the devil. And he is using his wiles and deceit more than ever before. And, and we, we can't do this thing ourselves. David said it. My heart, my flesh, they're failing. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring for thee, but it was good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Friend, I'm done, but I want you to listen real close right now. It is vital. It is essential. When you reach this kind of point in your life, when you're desperate, when you're overwhelmed, when you're broken, at that moment, friend, it is vital that you turn to God. The thing you think is going to break you, often in the end, is the thing that makes you. You will see God's hand. You will see him bring you through. You will see his deliverance. You will see his helping hand. And one day you'll look back and say, I remember what God did for me. I thought it was all over. I thought I couldn't make it through, but, but God was there. God was there. Let's talk to the Lord all over this place today. Lord Jesus, we need the help of heaven. Lord Jesus, we need the help of God in the very day and hour that we live in. God, remember, Lord, I'm but flesh. I am just a man. But you are God and God Almighty. God, and I look to you. I look to you more than ever before as the author and finisher of my faith. Lord, and I'm speaking to people right here in this sanctuary this morning. Many of them are feeling overwhelmed and sometimes helpless. God, I pray, God, that you will just help them to turn their hearts and minds toward you, that they'll find their way to your presence, your power. Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock. Praise God. I'm going to open this altar again this morning. Let you come freely and willingly. Don't think twice, for you see people walking down this aisle, just jump right in here with them. Because all we're here to do today is, is just pray for you, help you, assist you. Hallelujah. We've been there. We've all been there. Hallelujah. But some of us have found a place of safety and a refuge and strength in the presence of God, and you can find it too. Amen. God is here today. He's here to help us. He's here to assist us. Hallelujah. Come on with these others as they come. Amen. Let's believe the Lord. Let's put our faith in God. Amen. Let's look to God this day.